like that saying go, goes, it's it's hard to beat someone that never quits. Mm. So like beat that person where um, you you get beaten down, but you get up and then you do it again or you try the next door. And uh, if a door closes, there's a window that opens. If uh, the window closes, you know, there's another door that opens. And, uh, and um, continue, uh, you know, the battling the, the struggles with uh, gratitude for where you are and knowing that you are capable of going to where you, you want to be. Well, you heard that lovely, charming voice was from Norton Zanini. And Norton... This is a, I shared with you earlier, this is an experimental part of the podcast where we are bringing on some new formats. And this format, of course, it is a guest format. So in that way, it's similar to previous recordings. But today's guest is a person I deeply admire, and I admire him for a number of reasons, not the least of which, and I would say the rationale for having him on the show is Norton Zanini has been a longtime employee uh, for more than a decade, let's call it 15 years. And he first had a dream of making films and videos uh, while as a young boy in Brazil and left his home at age 16 or 17, moved to Florida, worked as a dishwasher, saved up enough money to move across the country to Seattle where he applied for a job at my studio. Um, I'm going to say numerous times, and I think it's somewhere between five and 10 times, and to finally get a break, get in the door as a contractor, then as a intern, a part-time employee, and has been a full-time employee for a long time. So this is a story of finding out what you want to do in this life and being willing to do lots of different things, play through a bunch of hard stuff. Norton does is very uh, thoughtful around things like imposter syndrome, um, being, you know, being very dark and depressed during some, some of his journey trying to make it. And today he is wildly successful, uh, as, um, now he's a freelancer. He has, he had worked previously again for my studio for a decade for creative live for a number of years. And, and, uh, this is the story of building a living and a life you love from again, an, uh, a teenage immigrant coming to the United States and kicking off what has become, uh, in his own words, uh, a dream life for him. So hope you enjoy the show. Uh, yours truly in conversation with my longtime friend, uh, and has done so many jobs at the studio and beyond. And is just an absolute sweetheart. Norton Zanini. I, um, have wanted you to be a guest on the show for a long time. And I sprung this idea on you not too long ago. And I remember your face when I sprung it on you, you were like, uh, mm, yeah, uh. and, um, and that's almost exactly, it's not the only reason, but that's a big reason that, you know, your, your awareness of your own journey, I think is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's incredibly relatable. Um, and just to, for a little backstory before I <clears throat> give you the microphone, um, I am grateful to be here with you today, Norton. And we met first more than a dozen years ago, I believe, um, when you were a photographer 
you'd reached out from uh, Florida. You're living in Florida. And of course, there's a lot of your journey that is before then that I want to hear about that the, the world wants to hear about. But my hope is that um, that with today's show, you could share your story about growing up in Brazil um, and your journey about becoming a photographer. And we have worked together uh, for a very, very long time. And a lot of people who have um, been on shoots with with uh, you know clients and customers across the last you know decade plus uh, have seen you and your work on set with uh, with us at the Chase Jarvis Studio. You've had a job at Creative Live for a number of years. Um, you've been independent for a number of years, all sort of commingled in there. And now you've again, you've now you've got a family, and you've uh, you're living in Florida on the other side of the country. But we're still close, still co-conspirators. Um, but it's to me what is beautiful uh, is you, your spirit, your journey as a creator, because I feel like it not only is it inspirational, but it mimics so much hard work that we all have to do in order to find our creative voice and make our way in the world. And it's not easy. And yet we all can still find a way if we want to. So um, that's the, my rationale for having you on the show in, in order, you know, obviously you've done a bunch of incredible, amazing creative work on your own, but welcome. I'm very happy to have you as a guest. And I'm wondering if you can put you know, those are my descriptors around why you're here on the show, but maybe you could put some of your own descriptors. Wow. wow. Such an introduction. introduction. <laughs> flattered. Thank you so much, Chase. Come on. Uh, it's um, such a pleasure to be here. I mean, it has come truly full circle. Uh, <laughs> what, what could you say about it? You know, the journey from an expectator to an intern to editor, creator, contributor, and now able to share this story in our prestigious podcast uh what a ride it has been and um yes it was in florida i lived there in seattle for that many years and just a week ago i just came back to florida <laughs> full circle it is you know, full circle i'm i'm incredibly um grateful for uh such an opportunity you know and long-lasting friendship during all these years and uh thanks for inviting me on the show to share a little bit of this story and how i ended up you know, being part of the team and uh, maybe this could help, you know, someone that's uh, experiencing a roadblock by fear of rejection or lacking motivation to achieve a goal that, you know, they have in mind. Yeah. Um, we're going we're gonna to go way back though. We're going to start yeah. at the start. Okay. All right. So you're, you're, let's take you back to 17 years old. Mm -hmm. you're, yeah. you're living, you're living in Brazil. Talk to us about your language skills, your ambition, mm -hmm. uh, and then sort of take us through a handful of steps to, in order to, uh, arrive you as first as, as, as you mentioned in your little opening salvo there as a, as an intern at our studio, but let's start mm -hmm. at the start. Let's start in, in, uh, Brazil. Definitely. Yeah, of course I was, um, so I've always been inclined to, understand and uh how movies were made how visual effects were made you know the lord of the rings uh, i was a big fan of that series uh, of that um trilogy and um and how movies were made fascinated me like understanding the productions how camera work and and all that kind of stuff so i started in photoshop i think i was 15 years old and um like that was my first contact with something that i could play with my hands manipulate images and things like that uh, and I've always been intrigued, you know, uh, by how things were made, uh, and in the creative world. And, um, 
So when I was graduating high school, I had just a thought like, hey, mom, like, what if I go to, you know, uh, another country, United States, as an example, and um, I can do something in the, in the field of uh, creativity and uh, how I can get enrolled in a school uh, to do 3D motion graphics, uh, animations, things, things like that. She was like, cool, I think that's a great idea, you know? I was like, yeah. I like wow. it. four months so- later, I, I was in arriving in US. I had only a friend there. And um, uh, I had this adventure from, you know, a spirit from, from my mom and the curiosity for technology, you know, like the, the kind that you spend countless hours studying something just so you can get to learn it from my dad. So mm-hmm. um, shout out to them for that inspiration. <laughs> and uh, um, so, yeah, it was uh, right when I was finishing high school, four months later. I was here already. So it was super fast because it was. Here, but here, so this is very non US oriented. Like what you're saying right now, it's like, Hey mom, I want to go to another country mm-hmm. where I don't know anybody and study a thing that frankly, mom, you probably don't know that much about <laughs> and where your parents just say, yeah, that's cool. Go for it. Yeah. And I think in this time and, and era, and I'll even say maybe this place, there's more a question of like, you're going to do what? How How do you think you're going to make a go of this? And at the time, again, you're 16, right? And you're ending, you're finishing high school, or is it 17 yeah. when you came over? 17, 16. yeah. 17. 17. Mm-hmm. Okay, 17, living in Brazil with your parents, and you say, I'm going to go to the United States here in a couple of months. And they're like, yes, yeah, sweet, go for it. And you just, you, you applied for a visa, and you just yeah. got it. Yeah. And I, and I flew over and, um, uh, I've always wanted to, you know, like learn English, um, learn a different language, different culture. Uh, I've always been intrigued for that. I don't know, like it's, if it's just something, you know, in nature, in my nature, uh, to learn different languages, different cultures, uh, associate with, um, different people. And, um, but I had it in, in me that, uh, that drive that will, you know, that was my dream. And, um, but initially it was only to be one year, you know, like it was just going to be one year, but then the, the, I, it, it was way more fascinating that experience while I was here. Uh, it proved to be everything that I wanted that I was like, yeah, this is, um, like the, the way forward that I'm going to move forward. And, uh, I'm, but in regards to achieving that goal, that's when it got sketchy, like, how can I, because I promised myself that I was not going to depend on my parents financially. Uh-huh. And that was like, you know, and also they couldn't in, 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 at the time. Uh, so I was like, okay, so how am I going to achieve that goal of like, you know, going to a school like that on my own and learning the, the skills that I need to achieve that, uh, the dream of mine? Um, I couldn't go to school. <laughs> It was like this school, I think, was full sale. It was 60 grand for an accelerated program for two years. And now it's like 95 grand, just to put into perspective. So I was. And you, you were, you know, going, you, you went from Brazil to Florida because it was the cheapest plane ticket you could get, right? Exactly. And then you yeah. washed dishes in, in an Italian or is a Mexican restaurant? Mexican restaurant. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and then so you're looking I, at a, at a $60,000 tab. Exactly. Thinking, hmm. And my goal was like, first goal when I arrived in US was to learn English fast because I knew that that would give me the freedom because as soon as I arrived I saw that all of my peers 
like they lived here for many years and they didn't fully speak English. Uh, and you can get by, you know, uh, such a great country like that. You can do so many things and uh, pretty independently. And um, uh, but I wanted to be free, not dependent on, on anyone to speak for me or do things for me. I've, I've always just had this drive of doing on my own things on my own. And and that's it. That's the way to go. So I wanted to learn English fast. So I watched TV all day whenever I was home. It was Judge Judy. It was like the 70s show. It was Seinfeld. Um, everybody <laughs> loves Raymond. Those TV shows were the only available back then on a non-cable TV. All with closed captioning and a dictionary in hand. And then on the weekends, I would go to the cinema. It was a bit harder because there's no closed captions in the cinema, you know, the theater. Um, so I banged my, my head on the wall like I need to learn fast. So I've immersed myself in a very uncomfortable situation just to learn English fast as opposed to uh, my peers that were going, um, not to say an easier route because everyone has different goals, but um, everyone feels uncomfortable. Like, so you lean towards going to, you know, the most comfortable. Like I'm going to work with my Brazilian folks. So then I just have to speak Portuguese and that's it, you know? Uh, and I was like, no, I'm going to make my life harder so then I can get to what I need faster. <laughs> so I started working in uh, American uh, places and, and, you know, I applied for uh, the high school. So I actually chose the hardest option to me to go to high school because then I had to split my time between going to work at night um, in, a, in this Mexican restaurant and going to high school at the same time. That put me in a very tough spot because I had to sleep only five hours a day for the entire year. Wow. I was, you know, falling asleep all the time. But <laughs> uh, I needed that because I was, you know, sustaining myself. I was, you know, like um, making my own money to sustain myself and um, going to school so I could uh, learn English fast. And then at the restaurant, I was uh, practicing my English, learning Spanish at the same time. So it was like two birds with one stone. And, um, and there I was practicing a lot. You know, like uh, one of my techniques is throws, throw the words with uh, confidence, as you know, now and mm -hmm. see if it sticks, you know, and watch for any eyebrows lifting as, <laughs> as a feedback, you know, like, did you say what? Or <laughs> then I know that I got it wrong or, oh, you meant this. And then if there was no reaction, mm -hmm, I got it right. That's how um, I learned a lot of my English. <laughs> well, let's, let me ask a question. How, where did you get this relentless? Because let, let me just. I'm going to steal a moment here and say, if everyone had this, what is seemingly, uh, I mean, I know you as a cautious, but bold person. And yet you're telling me so many of these things. We've been friends now for, you know, again, well over a decade, 15 years or something. Cause you're like, what? 75 years old now? <laughs> 35. 35. And this is, you know, we originally met when you were, I think 18 or maybe 19 or 20 i don't remember it was it was right on the edge of between 20 and 21 i, okay. I remember kate asked me like hey do you have a driver's license and uh are you able to purchase liquor because <laughs> we drink booze here and i was like yes i just got last week <laughs> okay so but I, again i'm my goal with this is retracing where did you get again i know you as a very thoughtful uh, bold, but cautious. You want to have all your I's dotted and your T's crossed. Where in you is this, what 
we now know to be incredibly valuable, useful tool of this willingness to, as you said, just throw it out there and see if it sticks because there's, there's a human lesson in here. It's not just an art lesson or not just a, a journey of an immigrant coming to the United States, but where did you get this? Or is this just something that is when you have a dream and you're willing to sort of go through anything to get it? And if people don't have that dream, shit, maybe they're or not that particular dream, but that boldness or that willingness to do whatever, are they then chasing the wrong thing? Where did you get this? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very hard question uh, to answer, but I, I think like, you know, like, we are 50% our genes from our parents and 50% like our surroundings. Uh, I've, I remember quite clearly since as a child to be a very observative person, mm-hmm. observe a lot and see the reactions in people and how people react to one another. And like, if I'm seeing someone speaking to another person and, uh, and seeing the reaction of the other person, I can learn from it and I can, uh, do try to do better or, you know, uh, do as equal. So then I can, uh, uh, have a great performance, um, on something. And, um, so that gave me, uh, this ability of like watching, like, like the learning English example, like I would see other people's reaction and learn from it. Uh, the, the brave spirit, I think, uh, came from my mom that was just very brave. Like she came to us when, uh, I was seven years old and, and my brother was just one year and a half by herself. To me, that was like, you know, that was my first contact with the United States. Uh, we stayed, uh, at my, uh, aunt's house for like five months. And that gave me the impression of like, oh my goodness, you can live in a different country. You can uh, learn a different language. And that experience stuck, uh, stuck with me. Yeah. Uh, and I think that gave, uh, the inspiration to move to us Got it. and, um, uh, and the drive of like someday I will go, but I have no idea when. And then during the, my teenage days and, and high school was when I was like, you know, everybody's going to college. I don't want to go to college. I want to do something that is different. Uh, yeah, my friends, my, my cousin would call me, oh, Norton is always a different one. You're always <laughs> listening to different mu- di- different type of music and, <laughs> you know, and um, so, um, yeah, and, and my parent, my, my dad loved watching movies, so much movies, World War II movies, history movies, um, a lot of action movies. And um, so maybe that gave like a lot of the, that nurture uh, yeah. into creativity and, um courageous spirit um if i may say yep yeah i'm gonna so i'm gonna tell my piece of the story from this point forward so what what i knew about you uh, is and i again i'm sharing this not to take these words out of your mouth because i want to hear from you but to set the, the my understanding from for the for the listener because to me this is where it gets extra interesting if you're me and what I observed is at this point, we had an intern program at the studio. This, I don't remember the year, but uh, we had interns that, you know, people would, we would hire people on a contract basis to come work at photo shoots, you know, local ones and all over the world. And they were at contractors. And then if we found contractors that we really liked, then we'd say, hey, we want this person around the studio more. So we would 
you know, have them come in one day a week and, you know, do some basic tasks. And then that would, it was basically a feeder program. We had a very high performing staff. Everyone was world-class at what they did. And from the contractors to interns, interns to part-time employees, part-time employees to full-time employees. And I remember uh, Scott at the time, who was studio manager, had, he ran the intern program and would have every six months or so, we would do a bunch of interviews. And my first experience with you was seeing, I remember receiving portfolios to the studio and seeing your application in the stack, frankly, of a very large pile of applications. And if it's my recollection, maybe true, maybe false, but that you applied a number of times. And at some point, uh, when I would do public appearances or at a speaking gig or whatnot, you were always there. And I remember uh, you stood out in part because I'd seen a lot of your portfolios and you were always good at connecting. Yeah. I, you know, I sent you a book a while ago. Um, just, uh, really excited about the work you're doing. It was very particular to you were paying attention to our studio. So now that's my, in, in my understanding, I'll cut to the chase and say, after you applied a few times, Scott said, I really love this guy is like his persistence is off the charts. What I know of him is, you know, he's a photographer. He's got great Photoshop skills. He's always, you know, always showing up at all these appearances. We might want to give him the chance for the intern program. And so we'll leave it at that. But what was your side of the story? And again, I'm to me, this is your story's fascinating because I didn't learn so much of this until many years later, what you had gone through in order to achieve sort of this dream of becoming the artist that you are today. Mm hmm. Uh well, I, I don't know if I go back like uh, as to before I even flew to Seattle or if that's way, going way too back, but that gives a lot of the backbone of the the how struggling it was and um, how difficult it was and the period that I was living in. Because uh, while living in Florida, it was right when the financial crisis hit really hard uh, and I found myself very depressed with um, no work, no girlfriend, no family, no school, no profession. Um, you know, I was working two nights per week at the restaurant, making 30 bucks a night. Uh, so I barely had anything. So everything that I had was a thousand dollars that I paid, uh, $300 to ship my a box of my stuff to Seattle. Uh, I felt, uh, so at that time, uh, that's when I decided that I wanted to become a photographer, but I didn't know how, um, and a friend of mine was just uh, flying in, in, in Seattle. He was just uh, around town. And he said, like, hey, Norton, I, I know you like photography. And this place is beautiful. I think you're going to like it. I never heard of Seattle before. I searched it. I Googled it. I was like, hmm, damn, I love it. It's beautiful. The mountains, the snow. I've never seen snow before. Gorgeous. It has everything that, I, that I've ever dreamed of, like, you know, living in a place like that, like I've seen in movies. Uh, so I flew up here. And I was like, when I arrived in Seattle, um, my dream now of becoming a photographer is going to lift off, you know, uh, just like I learned English and Spanish and living abroad, uh, it's going to be for, uh, becoming a photographer, you know, nine months go by, I didn't get any response or any reply from every photographer that I applied. Cause, uh, to me, what made sense was I'm, I cannot go to school. I don't have money for it. I just, you know, like from a thousand dollars, I came in with $700 in my, in my pocket and just to pay rent. And it was $500 for the room. I was sharing a room. I, it was 
craziest thing. And um, so I, you know, I just came from a very depressive moment. Uh, and I arrived in the beginning of winter in Seattle, gray skies, not accustomed to it. It was very, very, very sad moment to me. Um, I remember, you know, like being very depressed because it was so tough and, and not hearing any reply from any photographer that I found like was the, you know, the crack on the wall for me would be like if uh, I could shadow someone, mm -hmm. uh, but no one replied. I think I've applied for like 20 to 30 photographers in the area. It would be on Craigslist uh, that I would send. It would be like I Google and anyone that had like a photographer right next to their name, I would send an email or a message. No one replied to me. And uh, so during the that those winter days, like I was consuming a lot of content, just staying home. Uh, I mean, working whenever I, I had an opportunity because it was very low on, on work during that time. Um, uh, I realized that you were in Seattle. I was like, holy crap, like the guy, the dude that, uh, you know, it's a Nikon Hasselblad master, you know, shooting for Volvo for Nikon. Um, you know, like I was following you and a bunch of other photographers on Google and uh, on YouTube and on, on the blogs. And uh, I was oh, a big realize, fan of yours. Didn't, didn't realize I was in Seattle. And I didn't realize you were in Seattle all of this time. So since Florida was watching you on YouTube and, uh, and it was very early on, by the way. So this oh, yeah. is like 2008, almost no content were made back then. Uh, and YouTube was, uh, you know, still like a very young child. It wasn't even go owned by Google back then. And, uh, uh, and you were the, the first one to open the Pandora box, you know, <laughs> of commercial photography. Yeah. So I was like just consuming all of that content. And I arrived in Seattle, go through all that struggle. And, I'm, and then I realized the dude is in Seattle. Like, holy shit, this is like the crack in the wall that I was looking for. You know, like uh, someone that I can shadow, learn from, an expert in the space. And uh, so I sent an email, I think, to Zach Arias back then. Because uh, both you and uh, you, Zach Arias, David Hobby, were all going to Dubai and to, do, to lecture on. And I sent him like an email, like it was like a very hearty email, you know, blurred, super sad. I'm like, I, I, I need to work for this guy. He's like, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll send him a word if uh, if I get to connect with him. And um, and he did send a message. He, he, but he said, like, hey, you got to do your own stuff. Like you have to send your resume. You got to put your foot on the door and uh, send, you know, smoke signal. How is the dude going to know? <laughs> you know about you if you don't if you don't show up that was the slap that i needed uh to realize you know that i needed to put my head out of your my bottom and uh, <laughs> and, and and get to to do something so i made like a portfolio made some photos wrote a cheesy resume with some humor in it i made it burned a cd sent all of that and sent an email to Scott and I was following religiously you guys on Twitter and on, on the blogs to find like a cue to find like, where can I, you know, using that observation, like how can I follow them, but not being creepy, you know, because there's a lot of like, you know, that just, stalker, yeah, yeah. you know, stalker. And, and I didn't want to be that person, but I wanted to get you like, this is a, an opportunity that I'm chasing now. Like, like this is it. Like the same goal that I had with English and, and, you know, all that in the beginning, I was using all of my energy towards this now. And um, 
So I see that you said, you know, like, hey, we're going to be in uh, meet up in this area. So show up if, if you like, if you're in the area. And then I printed MapQuest. There was no, you know, <laughs> GPS back then. Uh, I mean, yeah, I didn't have a GPS back then. And I only had like a $30 um, plastic phone, you know, pays you go. So I couldn't read emails or anything like that. So I get there, sweaty hands and like the place is packed. Uh, Chase is there. The whole gang is there. Like all the people that I admired uh, from the other side of the screen were there and a bunch of other photographers. And I was just a newbie, you know, like, and yeah. So, you know, vocabulary is so low um, and just the will, just uh, a lot of will in heart. there. Yeah, you showed up with a lot of heart. Yeah. And uh, so I get there, get to meet all of you guys, had a great time. Uh, it was fun. And then I get home, took another two buses home um, and I get there. And then there's an email from Scott. Hey, hey, Norton, uh, here's a great opportunity for you to, to, to meet Chase and the, and the team. Uh, we're going to be at this place. And uh, this time uh, you can elbow your, your way in and, um, you know, we'll get to know you. So I did not see that because I was already on the bus on the way in. So wow. because I followed my intuition, my gut uh, at that, you know, time, I went there by myself and I didn't even see the email. If I did wait until I got the email, I wouldn't have gotten there on time because it would take me an hour to, to get there. And, uh, and by merely, uh, you know, missing an email, uh, you know, like everything... You know, like I, I was able to do it just by following my gut. Yeah. Uh, so that was like a lesson that I was like sticking to it. Like if I follow my gut, if I follow my intuition, uh, things are playing out, you know, so I'll continue that that way. I want to contrast this with your the very you said it was very dark and difficult. And so mm -hmm. how are you balancing trusting your intuition when, you know, you're you move to Seattle at the beginning of winter, you're not working you're making single digit hundreds of dollars. You're just mm -hmm. enough to pay rent mm -hmm. selling personal items in order to be able to make, you know, to live, you know, hand to mouth basically. And at what, you know, how, how do you get there, experience those lows and still trust your intuition? Like, wasn't that difficult? Oh, it was, I, I uh, it got to a point where I wanted to drop everything and, uh, go back to Brazil because I deposited all my chips in this. Like I was, I tried everything when I was in Florida. I tried everything for the past nine months. A child could be conceived and born during this time. And like, I, I, I didn't get to where I thought it was going to be, you know, like as a simple, straightforward plan. And it didn't. Um, and, um, it was super difficult. Like I, I was contemplating going back to Brazil and uh, something that I promised myself I was not going to do because I wanted to at least accomplish something, um, you know, achieve a career, uh, you know, and um, so it would be all against I promised myself that I was if I just went back to Brazil at that point. So I was, you know, between the what do you call the rock and a hard place? Yeah, <laughs> rocking a hard place, exactly. Um, so, I don't know. I just had to find strength. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a person that prays, so I, I prayed and, and found my strength uh, through through that. And, um, uh, yeah, it was extremely 
difficult to the point that I was contemplating just giving up. So uh. you contemplate giving up. You see that I'm going to have hosted some random meetup. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, early social media. I would just tweet like tomorrow. I'm going to gather, you know, with whoever wants to show up at this location. We're going to talk photography and hang out and build community and whatnot. And I remember, you know, hundred or hundreds of people showed up mm -hmm. at the time and you're one of those people. You then, you know, you go on your bus ride home, you see that, wow, that, that you had an invite as we were reaching out to some of the photographers in the world who might, or some in the Northwest, because you'd been applying for mm -hmm. internships here and not, not getting them over the course of that nine months. So then what happens? How do you go from that one meetup yep. and getting the first, ostensibly the first response you know, you said, you'd said you got a response from our mutual friend, Zach, who was another photographer you were admiring and, and, uh, he may have put a good word in for you, which is how Scott was able to send a note to you. But how do you go from there to what's, what's the next step? Yeah. So I, I got home, I saw that, uh, email from Scott and I was like, yes, there was an intention, intention from them, uh, yeah. to meet me. And I didn't even know I was there by my own wheel, not knowing that, uh, you know, like I would get an invite from, from Scott and, uh, uh, your right hand man at that time. And, uh, so I was like, yes, I'm onto something. So let's play my, my cards carefully. And, and I was like, um, uh, so how can I present myself in a good way? And, uh, so I sent an email and I said, was pretty straightforward. Yes, let's uh, talk about an internship, and uh, I know it's extremely competitive, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to and look forward to um, uh, the next meeting. One month, one month go by, two months go by, zero, just crickets, and I was like, "Yep." My mind goes from like extreme excitement to like down to the bottom again. Like, "Yep." It slipped right through my fingers. Opportunity is gone. They found someone already. Obviously, there's so many people that are way more capable than I that, you know, doesn't have a language barrier or that has a, a degree in it or has shadow a different photographer and has all that ex experience, none of which I have, you know, on, on my belt. But if I ever get to show them uh, the strong will that I have, that I can start from any level that they need me. I just need to be there because I know that things will work out. Once I'm there, I know that things will work out. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know that it will. I will make it happen, like in, you know, like showing hard work. And um, so then uh, I, I got an, an email finally, uh, you know, from, from Scott with a date uh, for an interview. I don't have a car. So like I asked a friend of mine, hey, you drop me off one hour early. Don't want to risk getting late. <laughs> that was on a Tuesday. I have breakfast at that at that place that's still standing right across your studio. And yep. I sit there watching the clock and having a restless leg, you know, the entire time, anxious as to how I present myself. I didn't want to lose the opportunity. I see someone uh, getting out of the studio. I was someone that uh, it was someone that had just been interviewed. So it was like heart pounding, like I'm, I'm not an extremely competitive person. So like, you know, like if I see, you know, a competition, like it gets me nervous. Uh, so I say to myself, just be yourself. You know, I get there. It's exactly where I want it to be. 
you know, badass studio, well-designed with cutting-edge technology equipment, um, from computers to cameras, the people I admired from the other side of the screen were all there. I was impressed I got there. I knew many people from many places would like that opportunity. I sit down and the entire team sit down together and look at me, you know, like <laughs> I, I'm, I'm there with all five. It's an interview with the whole team. I didn't expect that, you know. I remember it was a great conversation. I felt great. Uh, you all looked uh, like felt so at ease. And then I remember you said at the end of it, though there's one requirement is that you must have a car, you know, to run errands. And that's uh, a lot of the needs that we're going to have. Like you pick up things here, you purchase things for us and, and, and whatnot. Do you have one? I gulped, you know, and I said, um, nope, but I can source one uh, by the following week. Awesome. Let's start on Monday then. See you then. I could not believe it. I was like, you know, uh, I got it. I got the thing. I got the darn thing. No freaking way. I contained myself to not look weird, you know. <laughs> Smiled, shook hands with everyone as I walked off the door. And um, as soon as I was out of sight from anyone in the studio, I did... Again, the happy dance and fist punches in the air, you know, <laughs> like much like Will Smith and getting that job on the Pursuit of Happiness movie. <laughs> and I went home and I celebrated. To many, it was just like an internship, you know, it isn't a real job. You don't even get paid. It's not like you're a commercial photographer. But I knew, you know, like in me what it was. It, it was it was my school that I couldn't afford. It was um, uh, access to the best, you know, it was being there on the thing it was uh you know what i dreamed when i couldn't name what i wanted to be or how would uh you know i'd get there or when i was inside of that behind the scenes that i dreamed of being in when i was a teenager in a production set learning from top professionals uh that's how i felt like when i walked off chase the visionary photographer and entrepreneur Kate, the executive producer, whoever saw like all the mega productions, you know, REI and it, it's intense, like to coordinate like 30, 50 people. Um, <laughs> McCall was coordinating everything to make it happen. Scott, the right hand man and the retouching, the, the retouching guy, you know, behind all those stellar images, D'Artagnan, the brain behind the, all the technology and systems, you know, that, that, that make it happen. Uh, so much to learn from all the, the world-class people. So, that was my reading from that opportunity. And none of those like shallow labels, you know, that one could perceive. So I saw the opportunity and, and, and so much gratitude for, uh, you know, contemplating, being contemplated, um, uh, that internship for me. Oh, and dude. then, <laughs> and, and then, so all of that emotion from there, it went to, dude, you must find a car by next week. <laughs> You know, like, and then you're the gremlins are like, you, oh, you, you gotta, you gotta find, you're not gonna make it. And then I immediately, like, you know, hop on Craigslist, <laughs> and uh, and everywhere where I could like search for like a car. So without having any money, I sell my Xbox and I sell my TV. I gather four hundred dollars and I purchase a, a 1989 VW Fox, which interestingly, interestingly, uh, built in Brazil. Uh, it was four <laughs> gears only. No air conditioning. The driver's side door was locked from uh, a uh, previous dent, you know, from the previous owner. Owner, and I named the car the, the Great Tornado. 
because every it was great and then every time time i i turned it on it made so much noise that everybody knew that i was arriving uh and um so the first week i i, I tell you guys that um i was you know securing a vehicle uh so i i, I went by bus but the following week um i had to have the car because i told i, I yep. made a promise so i had to fulfill it you know and um so i remember getting the car on thursday so tuesday was the this conversation thursday uh i wednesday I was, you sold your shit, right Wednesday yeah, you sold your TV exactly yeah i i sold that you got some it was immediately it was from uh the xbox i sold to like the kitchen guy from the the, the restaurant that i was working at and someone that i sold the tv on craigslist and um so with that money i purchased the car and then uh the remaining 200 dollars that i had I mean, I had 500 total, 300 was for the rent and 200 was to fix the car. So I changed oil and fixed a dent in the door so I could drive. But the other element was this was a stick shift car that I have never driven. And I didn't drive cars before. This was my first driver's license. This was my first car ever driving. I didn't drive before. I didn't drive in, in, in Florida. I didn't drive in Seattle prior to this. So I just got the car for this opportunity because I needed to have it. That was one of the requirements. On Thursday, uh, you got the car, to be clear. On Thursday, I, yeah. And by Tuesday, Monday, you it, got, Tuesday, you got the job. Thursday, you got the car and you have to show up Monday. And I have to show up Monday. So, and so this Thursday that I got the car uh, from the mechanic, I'm like, park in, park out, drive forward, drive back, you know, back and forth. And I'm like, okay, let's try um, a little harder. So I, I, I drive to the, uh, parks parking lot right next on the block right next to my condominium and I go there and it's dusk already so as soon as I get there and then I do like two loops in the parking lot uh, to to learn how to understand you know that the damn thing yeah and and uh, two cops just like just stop by and I'm like shit because obviously the the park closes at dusk and I didn't realize and they stop and they're like, hmm, what is this dude doing here just by himself, like driving in loops, you know, in the parking lot? Uh, and and I was like sm immediately like sweaty forehead and like <laughs> and uh, super nervous. And um, and then how am I going to explain to them, you know, and then everything was fine. They let me go. But they stood there in the parking lot. They didn't drive away. So my nervousness didn't go way i was nerve-wracking because it was like you know what you know when you're learning stick shift like you have to balance between the acceleration and the clutch and if you don't have it right you accelerate too much your your wheels start spinning and i was like this cannot happen just breathe in breathe out slow and then when i tried to go away started spinning like crazy and i was like no and then i I was driving forward towards home 90% of the time watching the rear view mirror to see if they were going to follow me. And how was, how was I going to explain all that situation, you know? And then as soon as I got the entrance of my condominium, I turned left and turned the <laughs> car off. And I was like, I must learn how to drive by Monday. <laughs> what a task. And uh, so, yeah, it was nerve wracking. So... I drove the entire uh, I drove the entire weekend. It was not glamorous. Um, I was praying that no, uh, you know, stoplight would turn red because then every time would be like, you know, it, it would die on me, and then cars <laughs> behind me would start honking. So you, you can imagine how like nerve wracking that that situation yeah. is. 
and uh, still get there in the studio and, you know, like show that nothing is going on. Everything is a happy place. Like I'm here to, to get shit done and uh, you can count on me. And, uh, but the interesting fact was that I drove on Sunday as well, uh, just so I could learn the path, the route to go to your studio because I didn't have a GPS. I had to learn by memorization uh, and with a map quest uh, just so I could get there, you know, and, and learn how to be because I, yeah, I didn't have the, the directions. Um, so yeah. part, I, we've been friends since you were 20 just before mm -hmm. you turned 21. Yeah. You're what now? You're 30, 35, 35. I found that car story. You told me that car story like three months ago. Yeah. Three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, but this is part of why I wanted you on the show because so many people look at others who have achieved a thing that they want, whether that's becoming a photographer, getting a job at a particular place or working in an industry that you have an appreciation or an admiration or a will or so many of the words that you've used. And what I think happens is we look at them from the outside and say, gosh, you know, they made it happen. And we tell ourselves a set of stories about how it went for them and that they sort of either maybe they knew somebody or maybe it was it was easy for them or natural. And part of one of the reasons, uh, many reasons I wanted to have you on the show was your just authenticity and your, again, I found this out, but the car thing just a couple of months ago. And to me, there's so much character and, and frankly, balls to you know, on Tuesday say, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll have a car. I'm, I'm in the process of buying one or something like that with no other context. And then you have, not only do you have to go buy a car, you have to sell your, basically your only valuable possessions to buy a car, then to learn how to drive it by Monday. And this is, you know, you get this thing on Thursday. So this, you know, we've already gone through this cycle once in your life where you move to Florida and you figure it out. And now you've moved to Seattle you applied over and over and didn't hear anything several times for months. And again, my side of the story is that Scott was like, Kansas Thornton guy keeps showing up every time we have an event or he's, he's been consistently sending portfolios in. And while his work is not the most developed and while his experience is not maybe the most robust, he's always here. He's always showing up and just how much that stood out. And obviously the message is clear here for anyone. Like it's not all about, the work, or I should say the work comes in many forms. It's not just the craft. It is the work around the work that, that gets noticed. This idea that you said you, you got your sort of courage from your mom who exposed you to us culture. And, you know, obviously that courage shows up in this moment you learn to drive. Um, but I, what I remember next is you very clearly, you, you progressed very clearly from basically this internship is just a, it's a tryout, right? And, uh, and then you start being contracted on individual shoots and you uh, then make your way very quickly into being a part-time, uh, part-time employee or part-time contractor, we can contract you for weeks at a time on particular jobs. Was it still, you know, what was going on in your mind then where you 
you know, did you have some other ambitions or, you know, how, how, how does the story progress? Yeah. So when I applied, I, and worked in the, the first few years, the first two years, I think I didn't get to show exactly what I was capable of on the thing that I knew the most, which was like photo manipulation, photo editing, uh, and then video editing as well. Uh, and some animation that then developed to, uh, even stronger skills after I started to apply in a lot more, cause it was a lot more frequent. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but, uh, in the beginning it was just simple things to me, but I've wanted to do a lot more. Right. And during all of that time that I was learning things that, um, uh, that, that were behind the scenes of commercial photography and, uh, and all the creative process. Cause I parachuted uh, right when I got, you know, to, to start working with you guys, uh, it was during the launch of the best camera and like, mm. what a crazy development that was. And like and the participation, I got to read so many of the messages of everyone that loved all of that. And, uh, we were at the forefront of, uh, what was going uh, on at that time, uh, with, um, iPhone technology and camera in, in your phone and you were a part of that revolution. Right. And, uh, um, and so during that, that period, during a lot of that time, I felt like a lot of this imposter syndrome where, uh, I didn't even know of this term. It was just like, I don't feel like I'm worthy of being here because I don't have the skill. I don't have, um, this title, I, uh, you know, like sometimes I struggle to uh, communicate or to understand uh, such things. And, um, I feel like I'm, uh, you know, like I'm imposter being here with all of these world-class people. So that was one of the biggest struggles that I've, that I've faced every time that I left the studio I was like, man, there's such a, a tremendous weight on my shoulder, but not that it was a, a pressure from any individual in the company. It was, it was just like own, my, own, my own, yeah, very, like very hard on myself, you know, and I, and all of the words that came from you, from Scott, from Kate and everyone involved at that time was like so encouraging. And I felt like, and then years later, now imposter syndrome is something that is talked about so much, you know, because of emotional intelligence. And I see like, oh my goodness, if I had all this content back then, you know, to help me through that. But I just kept going, just kept going and trying to believe in myself um, every day and show up to to every job that, that we've accomplished and um, uh, and continue on. But the the key point was to not give up because if I gave up, I would have given up like right in the first year, you know? So it was many years just like continuing on, continuing on, because if I just uh, dropped, you know, um, I would have missed so many years of like tremendous results and rewards um, that this opportunity granted. Uh, again, we looked at this as, uh, I remember this, the, those of us in this, the studio as that you were awesome, that you, you know, had these intangibles that are, were beyond the craft, as I like to say, like not, not in the craft. You obviously knew your way around Photoshop and 
you know, just showing up on time. What's the, what's the old film school? If you're earlier on time, if you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, you're fired. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, that's the way we operated it because we had very high end clients and we had a high performing crew, but you were always in, you know, in the category of full of heart, full of hard work, good at the craft and, you know, gaining wisdom and better all the time. And I do think it's interesting that this imposter syndrome was internal, right? It didn't come, you're getting a lot of positive feedback from everyone in the studio at the time. And, and yet we can still, and I say we, cause I have even felt this when I, you know, showed up at the world free skiing championships without credential and all the other photographers were credential can go on the course. Mm-hmm. And I had to sneak my way in sleep on the course overnight in order to be able to show up there and magically, you know, appear without, yeah, that's the only way to beat the security is get there before even set up a perimeter. Mm-hmm. And I find that everyone goes through this and yet we don't, we don't talk about it enough. And I, I think that that must've been an incredibly difficult, especially difficult time because I remember there was like television cameras and reporters at the studio basically every day doing stories about this new app and how the future of mobile photography was going to happen. And, you know, all the Apple is the app of the year for Apple. And so it was probably magnified even, you know, more intensely for that first period. So was there any insight you can share into how you push through or was it really just, was there some self-talk that you employed? Did you just try and, you know, shut that down and just continue to show up, you know, any specific advice? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it was not like an informed decision I would make because I didn't have that understanding, uh, that we have a lot, uh, more nowadays. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, because it's a, a lot more open conversation and there is a name to the monster. Uh, <laughs> whereas before I didn't, you know, have, uh, knowledge on. So it was mostly like, just continue. Don't, you know, don't drop it. Don't, uh, don't let it go. Like, remember, uh, everything that this means to you, uh, and, and try to, uh, internalize more of what everyone around you is actually saying. You know, it's kind of like that thing, like when you are, your mind is rushing so much, uh, that you are, you know, like getting into a panic or something, you stop and you start touching everything around you. You see everything that surrounds you. If your life is not in danger, then you are okay. Uh, the worst thing that is happening is just in your mind. And then you're like, use your sensory skills, you know, like your tactile smells, you know, like sound of the ambient that you are in. Because those are just like voices in your mind trying to, you know, to defeat you like yeah, your biology set, set it right? off. Your yeah. negatively wired biology it's telling you to be scared and if you can quell that and it's sort of interesting to know that you know when you're getting praise from the outdoor or from the outside and your mind is a negative thing you have to learn to control that manage that and listen to the external and then you know the same is also true from the external right mm-hmm. there's a time when we need to you know when the real challenges are the voices between our ears and what we're getting feedback is like, Oh, good job. Keep going. Loving, love to have you around the studio and you're doing great work. And then there are other times where, you know, you're saying like, I'm in, this is, I'm living my dream. And other people are saying, 
how did you get that job? You don't deserve it. Or you're reading comments on the internet or whatnot. And how do you know the difference? How do you know what to pay attention to? Mm -hmm. Uh, It was uh, the most difficult part was actually caused by me uh, in the sense of like the way that uh, I amplified things. I did not amplify the compliments and the true words that were coming towards me, but I amplified anything that was not even negative, but close to negative, like neutral. Yeah. Neutral. It was like overly amplified. Oh, that person didn't uh, respond. Like when I said this or like, uh, uh, he didn't, um, mention that it was like, Oh, perfect. Yeah. This is what I needed. You know, just by not saying that it's like immediately bad or like, Oh, it must've been like terrible, you know? And, uh, so to actually practice more, um, what is being like everything that's being great because our brains are wired more towards the negative. Like that's why on the news, like they solely focus on the bad news because that's what uh, captures the most attention. Right. Uh, And there's a school of thought that teaches uh, something like that. The brain is like a city and that the negative thoughts are right in the center. It's like the downtown area and the suburban areas around it. And anything that's positive it's like the very outskirts of the city. So you have to practice a lot more remembering the good memories and the, the good thoughts to narrow down like the, the positivity towards the center of the city. And, uh, and you do that by repetition, by um, being grateful, by, you know, and that is one of the things that, um, that, I, that helped me throughout all of this journey, being grateful for the opportunity, being grateful that I was there, um, being granted all that opportunity and, and, you know, being thankful for like when I heard a compliment and like, Hey, it's actually coming from the heart. It's, um, it's true what they're saying, you know, and, uh, minimizing a little bit of the negativity, negativity, uh, or neutrality that would turn into negativity in my brain. So I remember doing that. So is it, was this was this all intuitive to you or did you go did you you know did you have a practice did, were you reading books or where were you getting this not reading books tools? it was it was um you know um um praying and um listening to to God speaking to me and um reading the scripture and uh having a, a great community around me uh that was supportive of that uh they might not have have understood uh, what I was living, but uh, having a great community around you, great people surrounding you, provide um, the support that you need when you're struggling, even if they do not know exactly what you're going through. Uh, you know, they they will come with uh, such content or great words of encouragement that, uh, you know, like you will know what it means to you and you will turn that into um, you know, what you need to battle through that difficult moment. Were there any um, memories that you have, any particular shoots, you know, whether it was sort of celebrities or huge productions or when you were aware that you, and I should add at this point, like you went from part-time to full-time and were there any, at some point where you, did you become aware of, of, that you were actually doing the thing that you'd set out to do some, you know, 10 years earlier? 
yeah. Or did it, was it just a part of the everyday? Or was there anything in any memories in particular that are especially sticky or gooey as you look no. back? Yeah. Do, can we talk brands? Uh, sure. Okay? You, can, yeah. you can, you can say I mean, some brands. Like I'll, I'll it was like it. a stellar experience, like to participate in that Nikon D7000 um, yeah. uh, campaign, yeah. uh, you know, traveling to so many places and uh, like the crew was so fun. You know, it's such great people. You know, you, you're, you are an artist um, in gathering great people together and having the best of, of each one. Um, and, and, and that's uh, kudos to you. Oh, you know, and, uh, and, and for like when we shot Starbucks, the double shot campaign and having like my, my animation, my video introduction, my outro and things like that, my video effects and, and, uh, you know, handling the movie and, and all that was like, damn, yeah, that, that's yeah, being right a, there. being a camera operator, like a first team camera operator on major campaigns for, you know, global major brands, global. Yeah. For yeah, exactly, you know, fortune 100 brands and, and, uh, editing all the photos, you know, for like polyform, you know, like yeah. a global brand as well. And, um, same with, uh, magazine covers and, and ads for Aspen snow mass. Um, you know, it was like highlights, you know, like I, like seeing the picture on a big, in the, in the back of the bus, you know, printed <laughs> in an outdoor that you, you know, you, you made it. Um, it's stellar, you know. Do you? Um, well, I'll, to complete what else, I'll just say is the sort of the full journey. I think we're all none of these things are complete, but just for purposes of the podcast, you know. Then you went on to um, get a job at Creative Live, where you, you know, were uh, key producing podcast all, all kinds of different media you know video stills audio um shooting editing basically you know all, all of that stuff and uh you've since moved with your family uh beautiful bride and baby girl back to florida for a handful of reasons that we don't need to get into but i i'm, I'm wondering if you know can you can you summarize this journey that you've been on? So, because right now I know there are people who are watching or listening mm -hmm. who are inspired by your story, but maybe because it's, I mean, what this really is, this is an immigrant coming to America with no language skills, no money, mm -hmm. figuring it out, moving across country, listening to your heart, finding out what this is, what you want to do in the world, doing anything you can to put yourself around it, getting your foot in the door, making the most of what happened when you got your foot in there. And now uh, you're moving across the country with your family and, and, you know, and now you have choices because of this insanely hard work and long journey. So I need, you know, some summary because right now there's someone who wants to start this journey or they're in the middle of this journey and it's, it's fucking hard so you know help aside from keep going like dig a little bit deeper for me and tell me what like do you have advice what is the advice yes um god it's uh, it could be a very long one but uh, to summarize <laughs> is 
to use that uh, the will and you know uh, like that saying go it goes it's it's hard to beat someone that never quits mm. so like beat that person where um, you you get beaten down but you get up and then you do it again or you try the next door and uh, if a door closes there's a window that opens if uh, the window closes you know there's another door that opens and uh and um continue uh you know the battling the the struggles with uh gratitude for where you are and knowing that you are capable of going to where you, you want to be you know and uh and somehow some way you know like if you continue because if you just quit or if you just stop uh then you are actually materializing that you are actually you know not letting it uh not letting an opportunity for something to grow along the way that can grant you the opportunity you know uh to achieve that goal um if i with uh, like these struggles and i know that it's not the worst struggles in the world it's my struggles that i faced in 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 my time during the technology era that i lived during the you know um uh, the struggles that I, that i faced but uh you know um everyone is going to be different but i'm believing in yourself and and uh knowing that you've got what it takes you know to 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 achieve that goal what did it feel um, like when you started being able to point to the work that you'd done out in the world and share that with your Oh, uh, extremely proud. And, and, and sometimes I, I didn't even believe it. You know, I was pinching myself like saying, I can't believe, but I got to believe because it is true. Uh, it is a fact. It is out there in the world. And, uh, hence I'm sharing uh, with everyone, uh, participating in the 30 days of genius and creating the systems of like that, that podcast that turned into like over. Uh, how many episodes uh, do you have? Over 250, 300? Uh, yeah, at least. At least, yeah. Yeah, and at least. We had numbers, and, yeah. And um, it was so hard in the beginning, uh, like, to create those systems, to, you know, to create um, um, the method that, that now is used, you know, that, 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 that really works. Uh, but um, we've made it, you know, a collaboration between... Um, uh, a couple of folks and um yeah i remember uh I, I think it was we were shooting serena or Federer. Oh, serena williams <laughs> when we were and you were uh on set managing all of the data because we were shooting stills yeah. and video and stills with like five different cameras and we were shooting slow motion and all that kind of stuff and i remember at some point uh you were sort of off. We were, our, we basically turned the tennis court into a studio and, you know, your desk was in the mm -hmm. corner as we were bringing and you just looked over at me. I remember and just like shook your head and just like, fuck, here we are. We made like, yeah, exactly. Like I'm, I'm there with Roger Federer right in front of me, Serena, <laughs> Serena Williams. Like I couldn't even believe it. Like if I, like when I told my family members, my, my peers and my friends, you're like, dude, you're living the dream. I'm say, I, I would say, yeah, I'm living the dream. I can, you know, I can't put into words more than than that. It's uh, 
fantastic. And thanks to you guys. Thanks oh. for you to, you know, see the opportunity other, uh, you know, other in, in, in your place would uh, um, maybe be more impressed with, you know, like a portfolio or like with a, a particular set of skills, but you understand the, the value of hard work and, um, you know, that, that will, will. And, the, and, and the drive and uh, understand that, that, uh, that, you know, takes you to a, to a much higher place. Well, now I'm uh, both happy and sad to say that you are you're freelancing all over the world and mm -hmm. <laughs> available for hire from your domicile in Florida. We'll travel. Um, do me the favor and uh, do the, the listeners and watchers the favor of sharing, you know, where people can learn a little bit more about you if they are looking for someone again who can, you know, shoot, edit, share, build systems, graphic design, mm -hmm. animation, like you truly have mastered, you know, dozens of very, very in-demand skills, where would they go to find out a little more about you or to hire you as a resource? Yeah. I, I have a website, uh, nortonzanini.com, and uh, there you can find my email and contact information. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Norton, so happy to have you share what it has been an amazing journey. And again, the thing that just I got to share with the listeners that this is just what's crazy about Norton, that he's always making crazy shit happen and then <laughs> only telling the story about the gangster level story, you know, after the fact, when you realize the needles <laughs> that this guy has threaded. And it's been such a one of my true great professional pleasures to watch you. Uh, turn into an amazing man, an amazing human who is, is so talented and just an absolute joy to be around. Um, and congratulations on your beautiful family, of course. And I hate that you live in Florida now, but, uh, I got another shoot for you to edit coming up here in, uh, what is it in mid November? So clear your calendar. <laughs> We're at it. Awesome. Thank you, Chase. Amazing right. opportunity. I appreciate you, you and your family. Uh, say hi to your to your dad, to your mom, and, uh, and to Kate. <laughs> I love them all. Of course. Uh, so we love you deeply and dearly, my friend. Thank you so much, Chase. Awesome. To everybody out there in the world, um, we just need to be a little bit more like Norton. Uh, lots of love and gratitude. And signing off from Norton and I, we both bid you farewell and adieu. All right, that's all for today's show. But hey, before you go, I want to say thank you for listening and also for engaging with the platform. Wherever you consume the show, whether it's on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere, thank you so much. Reviews help a ton if you're willing to. And I want you to let you know, in an effort to continue the topics we explore here on the show, or if you have questions, you can always direct your comments to me on all my social feeds. I'm at Chase Jarvis everywhere. But also... I will see your message quicker if you shoot me a text. That's right. I can text directly with you. The best way is to hit me up at 206-309-5177. I get a lot of texts, so I can't always get back to you right in the moment. But trust me, those are my thumbs on the other end of the keyboard. So I want to say thanks so much, and I look forward to engaging with you soon.